Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation in 29 seconds time for Wow Factor Desserts, Brian Lawton. Uh, at 135 today, out of the University of Michigan, uh, one of the best public policy guys out there in the business in, value, in terms of uh, evaluating things like arena deals, he wrote Major League Losers and then a follow-up book, Major League Winners, uh, specific to the success of sports properties partnering with Uh, municipalities uh, building downtowns out. We'll hear from Dr. Mark Rosentraub at 135 today. You can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you always wanted. Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday through Saturday. Uh, We'll head off to the River Cree Resort Casino hotline 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino open 24-7-365. Excitement. Bet on it. We welcome back to the show for Wow Factor Desserts. Help yourself to irresistible dessert delights at their new retail location, 3508 56th Avenue in Edmonton, or click on wellfactordesserts.com. We welcome back to the show Brian Lawton. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Bob. How are you? To be honest with you, last night I couldn't even watch it. It was too painful. I knew that Vegas, without Matthew Kachuk, I knew they were going to close the deal off. And, uh, you know, full disclosure, you host a show called Oilers Now for the last uh, 12 years here at 630 Chad. Before that, Oilers Lunch uh, for two years on uh, on 1260. You do the color for the team for 15 seasons. You grow up in the city. I want to see Edmonton win. And they were close against Vegas. They couldn't get it over, uh, get past the Golden Knights. And I tip my hat to them, but it was hard. It was hard for me to watch, Brian. You know what I'm saying? I totally understand. It's a, such an elusive trophy and... You know, it really feels like, in retrospect, that Edmonton was right there. But it did not work out, and that is painful. Why did Vegas win? Well, there's a multitude of reasons, but in the end, you know, specifically, why did they get by Edmonton or many other clubs? Uh, Really hit on their philosophies. They're big on the back end. They're long. They're mobile. They're never really exposed with a third pair, so to speak. Uh, I feel like they can play their guys against anybody and they can hold their own. But really all I'm saying is that they have tremendous depth. You don't necessarily have some of the superstars that other teams have, but they've got more good players and they had more good players consistently in everybody they beat. Florida, you know, in the end, wasn't that difficult a series for them, partially because Florida was operating without a high wire, in my opinion. They were razor thin on the back end, losing Matthew Kachuk. We saw the result of that. Um, They had a hell of a run. They just didn't have the type of depth that you need to get past a team like like, uh, Vegas. Okay. Um, Is there something about the approach the Golden Knights have? The relentlessness of it. Uh, and they benefited. Bill Foley, like, they maximized that first expansion draft, and they ended up having, you know, six of the Golden Misfits still with them last night. They started five of those guys. 
but they have not worried about trading away first round picks or worried about you know checking their eagles at the door after potentially losing trades or having to move out uh, you know i just look at this one sequence alone here brian they traded a first and second and third uh george mcphee did to ken holland uh, in a deal for Thomas Tatar, who they a healthy scratch in that playoff run their first year. They then traded Tatar and Suzuki, who they'd previously drafted in the first round of the Canadians, and a second-round draft pick for Pacioretty. Then they got Stone. Then they signed Petrangelo to an, uh, a free agent deal. And then they stepped up and traded Eichel, and suddenly there was no cap space to take Pacioretty on anymore, and they gave him away for free. There's other teams that wouldn't have done that. They're, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a degree of ruthlessness. They walked away from Marc-Andre Fleury. In one respect, I, well, I, hey, they won. So they got the ultimate prize. You know what I'm saying here, Brian? Is it something to be admired, the ruthlessness and relentlessness of the pursuit of the cup that Vegas illustrated? I'm a fan. I've always been a fan. I'm friends with Kelly and George, for that matter, but more with Kelly. And I just think he does an awesome job. I've had a lot of conversations with him over the years when I was working at NHL Network. Uh, it wasn't uncommon for some of my colleagues to absolutely pound them into the ground about how could they get rid of Mark. I love Mark andre Fleury. He used to be a client in Octagon when I was there. He's a fantastic human being. But at the end of the day, you have to – a couple of things are different about Vegas. The first is the philosophy that nobody is bigger than the team. And the second is that – even though I'd like to say George and Kelly set that culture or philosophy, I really feel like Bill Foley drives that heavily. He loved Marc-Andre Fleury. He had no, I can't say he had no problem because that sounds heartless and that's not Bill. But in the end, he put the group, he has, you know, a West Point background. Maybe that's where he learned it. I don't know, but it's group first. And they have done that better than anybody else. There's been two paradigm shifts in the last 10 years, in my opinion, in the NHL. One is Tom Dundon coming in and kind of rewriting how they do things for an NHL team from the ownership group down. And the second is what you just said, Bob, the ruthlessness that it's perceived as in today's world about a team just trying to win as a team and putting the individual second. Players love it. This may sound offensive to some of your fans out there, but players, players, a lot of people say, yeah, but they'll never get anyone to go there. I talk to players, and they are dying to go to Vegas. They are dying to be held accountable. They know if they go there, you better produce or you might be out. And that the guys that are up for that challenge are exactly the players you want on your team. They've done an awesome job. Uh, specific to Tom Dundon, how did he change things from an ownership perspective? Tom is the first owner that I've ever seen come into this league and really flip things upside down analytically. Um, he has taken positions that, you know, you, you were talking about not a lot of teams that would do with Vegas. There's not a lot of teams that would have paid Rod Brindamore what Tom Dundon paid him. But he somehow was able to connect with Rod that this is how we're doing it. And if you want to make $5 million bucks a year as a coach, I have no doubt you could do that somewhere else. But it won't be here. 
the team is first. We're going to spend our money on players, which they've done. And we're going to try to take a run at it every day, and we're going to be a little bit more analytical. It's not 100% analytical. That's where people lose sight of the realities. But Tom has been able to come in and drive a lot of things that that team has done. Now, they haven't won yet, so I think it's a work in progress. But you could look at a team like Carolina who you know, was missing Sweshnikov in the playoffs and say, boy, if they make or figure out the last couple tweaks they need, you know, they've been a dominant organization already. They don't get a ton of credit for it, but they're banging out good regular seasons. They're challenging in the playoffs. They're not Toronto where, yeah, good regular season, but you can't make it, you know, past the second round now, we can say. Carolina's done that. Uh, they're a work in progress, but Tom Dundon has driven a massive change in the approach from ownership down on how to run a franchise. Brian Lawton is joining us for our friends at Wow Factor Desserts. Help yourself to irresistible dessert delights at their new retail location, 3508 56th Avenue in Edmonton, or click wowfactordesserts.com. So Vegas, I think we would agree, won in the margins. And, uh, you know, June 28th last year, they announced they signed Sean Burke to take over their goaltending. And look at what happened with their goaltending this year. And they used five different goalies during the, the regular season. The Oilers, I have people texting the show saying the Oilers lost the Vegas series when Laurent Brassois got hurt. They thought they could beat Laurent Brassois. Aiden Hill was unbelievable when he, he went in there. So speaking of the margins, what can Edmonton do not to stay status quo? But to improve, because they're going to need to improve, Brian. And you talked a couple weeks ago about the good things that were going on here and the opportunities that were here. But what could Edmonton do to improve? They've got to get to work on, you know, they've got the high-end players. The last mile for them is going to be a challenge. But they've got to turn up the heat in everything they do in the offseason. They've got to find players that can come in. They don't need to bring players in that will win them the Stanley Cup. They need to bring players in that won't cost them the Stanley Cup because they already have the guys on their roster to do that. I would argue strongly that there's still some work to be done on that back end. Great move last year for Matias Ekholm, but still you want to see that improved. I was talking about Vegas, and they really just don't have a bad pair, a pair that you lick your chops the night before playing because you know you're going to play against some of these guys as a player. Not the case with Vegas. It's not the way they play. It's something that Edmonton can work on. Um, you know, other than that, Edmonton is very, very close. They've got some, they need some changes on their back end, but also, you know, Jack Campbell, who I don't believe they'll do anything with, they're going to have to find a way to improve their odds that he comes back and gives them a lot more than he gave them last year. Skinner gave them as much as you could have hoped for. It wasn't enough in the end. So they've just got areas of their roster, in my opinion, that they can get more efficiency out out of for the money they're paying. And that's really what it is in the NHL today. It's changed from, you know, we'll just get this guy or that guy and we'll fix it. You've got to have a certain level of efficiency throughout your roster, and we're still not there yet on that. But when you talk to them, and I talk to some of their people uh, frequently, it's obvious to me that they recognize what they're trying to do. It's just a matter of, a matter of executing now. 
Yesterday, Derek Ryan signed a two-year extension, nine hundred thousand. He took a three hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars a year pay cut. All he did get a two-year deal. What's your thought on the efficiency of that uh, that that signing by Ken Holland? Well, Derek keeps exceeding expectations every year. You know where he's at in his career. I mean, you might think he should take a step back, and yet he comes in and he ends up being a guy that, when you look at him at the start of the year, gives you more than you thought he would give you. Um, I think that's a great signing for him personally. It gives him a couple more years of earnings. And the fact of the matter is the number is very strong for Edmonton. So I think that one was a no-brainer for both parties. Uh, Ultimately, the goal is to try to elevate. You don't have to do it on Edmonton because you can't do it. But you got to look at your roster and you got to say, where can we upgrade, even on the margins? As you're saying, Derek Ryan would be a guy that you would look at and say, well, we got to get better in order to get where we want to go. And yet, I think he defies odds most years and he'll probably do it again for him. So I like the signing for them. Brian, uh, I think we, I'm I'm a little, is there any chance the cap goes beyond 83.5 this year? From the conversations I've had with, People on both sides, whether it be the NHL or the NHLPA, I find it very unlikely this okay. year. Okay. So so here's the deal. Uh, you got about a million dollars more in cap space. Evan Bouchard, he's getting a bridge all day. We know that. It's going to be in the threes. McLeod took a hometown discount last year. He played for less than his qualifier, under 800 k uh, He's probably going to get a three-year deal in the in the low twos, I would think. Um what would you do, you know, given the limited space, um, given the limited space, what could you do with, do you think you can trade Kyler Yamamoto or Warren Fogle? Like, you might only have room for one of those guys. Are the, Can you move those guys? What do you think? I think you can move one of them. I really do. There's still teams out there that are looking for players. There's teams that are looking to get to the cap floor. And I mean, move one of them, and it doesn't cost you a massive asset. A massive a- asset now can be described as any legitimate prospect or a second rounder better pick. I'm not quite ready to say a third round. I don't, you know, as, as you just alluded to with Vegas, they don't necessarily seem to be playing with the same price chart as everyone yes. else when it comes to draft. <laughs> no kidding. There's no denying it. And guess what? They're Stanley Cup champions. So who are we to say you're wrong? I personally agree with them. Those are my overriding thoughts on draft picks. I think they're really valuable. But after what I just identified, uh, the rest is what I call fungible, which just means interchangeable for other parts. And a lot of times those other parts will bring you back more value. Vegas clearly understands that. Colzar for a second, uh, Stevenson for a fifth, Aiden Hill for a fourth. I'd say a build up greater depth in your organization. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, their their scouting is sensational. You know, it'd be easy to say, well, look at all the guys from the West. Well, Kelly spent 25 years in the West, McCrimmon. He knows the players, but he's not scouting them anymore. He may have seen some of them on the way up in his career, but the reality is he just has a really strong network. And as Don Cherry pointed out today, no other team has more Canadian players on their roster than Vegas. 
I, I don't necessarily subscribe to that theory. I think it helps, but I, I don't think you have to have the most Canadian players to win a Stanley Cup. I'm certain that's, you know, that's something that's disproven many, many times in the past. But uh, there's a character and consistency that Vegas played with that was very admirable and would make you envious if you were a coach or a GM of another team. Brian, the St. Louis Blues in 2019, guess which team had the most Canadians in the NHL that year? Yeah, I, I know the answer. And yes, okay, I get it. St. Louis to me, Vegas to me looked a little bit like St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, re- they really did. And, and you know, when St. Louis won, it really, that was a bit of a change in what had transpired over the previous 10 years. Over that time, you had Pittsburgh win, what, uh, three championships. You had Chicago win three. Um, you had L.A. win two. And the similarities when you really studied those teams, when you really dived into it, was the number of high-end picks they had. Washington won a cup in there as well. Yeah. But they, they also fit the mold that they drafted very high. Chicago, we know what they did. L.A., they had Dowdy, Kopitar, um, you know, Tampa continued that on, I guess. Pittsburgh, certainly Malkin, all the high-end picks they had. But St. Louis was that first team. Alex Petrangelo was their highest pick. And that was really it. They, you know, Doug Armstrong did it somewhat similarly to Kelly McCrimmon. Not as extreme as Kelly, but in the same ilk. Uh, is that going to be the new standard? I don't think so. I have opportunity for a couple of teams to adopt that philosophy and try to take advantage of it, but I don't think everybody's going to switch overnight. It's not in the DNA of most of the guys that are GMs, in my opinion, in the league right now, and that has to do with a lot of that has to do with the training as to how they came up to end up in they're in, in my opinion. Brian, great stuff. Thank you for joining us here in Oilers Now. My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. Brian Lawton for our friends at Wild Factor Desserts. Help yourself to irresistible dessert delights. Their new retail location is 3508 56th Avenue in Edmonton or click com. We'll tell you the guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village 3975 Calgary Trail, their new location. Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. Book your celebration for the census at jvedmonton.ca. Back in two minutes, it's 124 in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers Now. Six in Edmonton. All right, I'm going to read a text. It's a long one. Here we go. It's out of Edmonton. Bob, I give Vegas almost nothing for credit. No injuries. Uh, most calls in their favorite. They uh, check legs or take out legs. You guys are promoting the league, and nobody with a clue is buying in. Only people happy to see uh, win are Vegas fans and Batman. Just imagine the Oilers with no injuries. Just imagine Edmonton with more favorable calls. Uh, they kind of go hand-in-hand, hand, fellas. When other teams are allowed to run your players, Dowdy on McDavid, Petrangelo and Settle, just imagine Edmonton getting away with that garbage. Yeah, the league pushed hard for Vegas in the end. Zero credit to the Golden Knights. Well, the league told Darnell Nurse to skate in and ultimately skate in and get involved in a fight with Nicholas Hag. Like, now, I would suggest... Petrangelo should have had a two-game suspension instead of a one-game suspension for two-handing dry saddle if you're going to give Nurse a one-game suspension. If you rescind it, then zero games for Nurse. But again, the Oilers, if Darnell doesn't do that, 
surely Petrangelo gets suspended, doesn't he? What do you think, Brendan? Was there a chance Petrangelo would not have gotten suspended if Nurse hadn't gotten suspended for a game? The way it went? To me, it's... Uh, no. They earned it, did they not? At the end of the day, did Vegas not earn it? I mean, they went 16-6 and six in the playoffs. Yeah, there was many layers to their earning of that. That's uh, that's the old, you know, the league's not out to get your team. Look, I didn't like the call against Broberg in Game 5 in Vegas. I didn't like the calls in the first three games of the Oilers LA series. But Vegas earned it. And if Edmonton wins next year, they will earn it. And they got to grind to earn it. Uncle Melt from Brent Ridge Ford will tell you advertising on Oilers Now works. The phone's been ringing off the hook, but they're still in need of quality used vehicles. They're prepared to pay top dollar for trade ins or outright purchases. Remember, there's a reason Brent Ridge Ford is a 12 time President's Award winner for customer satisfaction. If you want fair treatment during every aspect of your vehicle purchase and ownership, reach to Johnny, Rich, Uncle Melt, and the team at Brent Ridge Ford, 780 352 6048. Little bit different type of conversation here. And so, if you're one of these people, I never wanted to see any money put to assist in watching the, the billionaire and millionaires get their new. You're not going to want to hear a next guy. You're not going to want to hear a guy who actually wrote a book called Major League Losers about the very thing you're sort of coming from. And then he wrote Major League Winners. And we'll find out what he thinks of what ultimately ended up transpiring here in Edmonton with the downtown and entertainment district known as Ice District. Coming up, Dr. Mark Rosentraub from the University of Michigan after a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilmer.